which means it's your last chin check of the week and um yeah wasn't gonna do this shit people wasn't gonna do it spent all day at the hospital but i was like you know what fuck it let's get it crackling so as we do on a friday we're gonna go over the news it's gonna be a short one but fuck it's gonna be fun you feel me So with the PFL making their uh, season debut on the 29th of April, just a couple of weeks away, things have changed for one fighter who is scheduled to be making maybe his biggest appearance to date, right? So, um, yeah, it's David McCood, right? I don't know if you say it like that, but McCood. So he was scheduled to welcome Rory McDonald to the promotion. And McCord, you know what I mean? He's no slouch, man. You know what I mean? He he got to the finals um you know on season 2. He he uh, lost out to Ray Cooper the 3rd, which hey, Ray Cooper the 3rd is a beast. So yeah, <laughs> But he got to the finals, right? So he, he's a legit fighter who's fought all over the shop, right? Bellator, UFC, LFA. So, um, yeah, he's a good fighter. Um, but in doing his tests for uh, the fight, something came up, right? He, an EKG, you know, showed he's got a congit. A congenical, that's good enough, by superhead arteric valve disorder, right? So, um, yeah, they're saying he's at risk of a heart episode if he continues fighting. Now, what supposedly what he said was, you mean this has been, um, just a, a few tests, just a few tests, so he's going to look at it, he sent, to, he, you know, he, he uh, put out a couple of tweets, which said, uh, so this is going to be a tough post, after multiple tests on my heart, including a cardiac MRI, and talking with multiple cardiologists, I have been informed that I got a bad ticker, I have a congenital bisupid aortic valve, with a dilated aortic root. Unfortunately, I was born with this. 
because of the dilation of the aorta. Fighting puts me at risk for an aortic dissection, a tear in the aorta. That would be fatal under almost all circumstances. For this reason, I will not be able to fight Rory McDonald on April the 29th. And unless anything changes ever again. That's some tough-ass shit. Some tough-ass shit, right? Now, he has said that, you know, he he's... um. That, you know, he's only had a few tests, right? So he's going to be consulting with uh, some other doctors. Going to be consulting with some other doctors, do some more tests and see what can happen. Because remember, like Stefan Struve, he retired because of a heart defect, right? That's why he retired the first time. But he was able to get it under control, which then allowed him to come back. So he then retired again due to other health reasons, but uh, he ca- he was able to come back, right? Dan Hardy, he's got a, a, a wolf's heart, right? So he had to retire, but he's looking for one, at least one more, one more go. So this potentially goes serious, it could, it could maybe not be the end, right? Maybe it's not the end. So, hey, give him a time, let him get some more tests, and we will see what happens with Makud. What's interesting, right? If, if he was born with this anomaly, it is so surprising that this is the first time it showed up. Right? How crazy is that? It's the first time it showed up. Because, you know, fighters always have to get their, their medicals and everything like that. And he's fought in the UFC, Bellator, LFA. You know, he's fought for the PF, PFL before. So, yeah, it's just, it's strange that now's the first time this thing has showed. But... It's, um, yeah, it's lucky it has, right? Real lucky it has. You know, because, hey, you, you don't want that shit going down in the ring. You know what I mean? If, as he said, it, look, if a tear was to happen, that's it, right? So, um, yeah. Whew. It is it, very tough. It's very tough because, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, he was meant to fight Rory McDonald. That's a huge fight. You know, that's a huge win if he could get it. You know, so yeah, he is unfortunately out of his fight. The LFA, I mean, sorry, the PFL, even they have been able to find a replacement for McDonald. So, in step Curtis Millender, right? He, um, he was last fighting for Bellator, but he is stepping in to um, fight McDonald. Uh, I believe still on the 29th, so uh, yeah, there you go people, there you go, Um, also though, on that card there has been another change, right, been another slight change of plans, so um, Mov- Movid Kabaluv, 
He um, he was scheduled to fight Jason Soares, but Soares has had to pull out of the fight. So, in step another PFL newcomer, Lazar Stag- Stagadinovic. So, yeah, that's what's going to be going down on... Um, sorry, it's not, I said the 29th, didn't I? I meant the 23rd of April with the PFL's... Opening event of season three. So, yeah, there you go, people. Some PFL news for you. So, on Wednesday, One FC made their debut on TNT in the States, had a big event, right? It marked the. Um, Title fight between the champion Adriano Morais defending against the head yeah, of goat Demetrius Johnson. Uh, Johnson hadn't fought in a goddamn while, right? Which was it's always a tough one, right? If you've had a huge delay before, um, you know, coming into a title fight, but you know, he came in, came in. And um, Johnson lost. Johnson lost in an in very very interesting way, right? He'd, you know, they'd clashed. Adriano was um, backing off. Johnson came in. Adriano threw some punches. Johnson, I don't know whether he went down to a punch or if he just. Was off balance or slipped, but he went kind of down, right? And um, jo- you know, Marais was on top of him. Johnson scrambling up, but he's still on the floor, and Marais smashes him in the face with a knee. Hearing a flush knee to the face, and Johnson is done. Johnson is done. I mean, Rice hit a few hammer fists, but yeah, it was done with the knee, right? So um, Johnson loses for only, um, I think, the second time at the weight class, right? Um, And yeah, and still for Adriano Marais. So great win for him, but the interesting thing. Now, one have got a different rule set. You know, they're kind of like pride, soccer kicks, knees, all of that jazz. It's all it's all a go. All a go. But you look at the visual, the visuals of it ain't good. Ain't good at all. And it's interesting, right? Because Johnson had a lot to say when Aljamain Sterling took the illegal knee from Pierre Young. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of people also said, oh, Sterling's, you know, he's just messing around. He was faking it. He wasn't out. What the fuck? He could have continued. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I think this shows, you know what I mean? This fight, firstly, it shows Aljamain deserves a motherfucking apology. You know what I mean? Deserves an apology. There's a knee to the face like that when you're not suspecting it. Some motherfucker is going to put you out, right? So there is that. 
For, and then also, because Johnson was just like, I, you know what I mean? I, I just think they should make knees to the face legal. You know what I mean? I, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Al Jermaine, you know, he he knew what he was doing. He's in a certain position and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we just saw it, man. Johnson took the, a knee that is, you know, more or less a carbon copy. The only difference is, right, Yan had the head, was holding the head and blasted Sterling with the knee. Right, so he's holding the head. At least with um, Johnson, you know what I mean? Marais wasn't holding the head. He landed a fucking clean-ass knee, but he wasn't holding the head, bringing the head to the knee. There was that. That's the only difference, right? But, um, yeah, it's a bitch. It's a bitch. Now... Yeah, a lot of people are, oh, man, that's whatever. How could this happen? Blah, blah, blah. But you have to remember, those are one's rules, right? Everyone knows one had a pride-like rule set, and it wasn't Johnson's first fight for the promotion. So Johnson, you know what I mean? He did know the rule set going into the fight. Right, and if he didn't, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Hearing, so there is it is on Johnson for not protecting himself in that position, but that is a bitch of a thing because hey, if you go down, you need to get up, right? You understand that, and it is a shit, right? Having to remember, oh. Yes, people can need me. It is. It's not something that's gonna come straight to your mind. Especially if I think it's his third fight in the promotion. You know what I mean? So it is a tough one. I understand. But, um, yeah. Now, Johnson, he has come out, right? He, he said a few things. Like, um, he said, I like these rules. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's a progression of a fight. I went down on my back. I was coming up for an underhook. Adriano had me posted and he blasted a knee. The fight's over, it's done. I don't get any more concussions. It's just done. And it was a different position than I've been in. Adriano did a good job of using his length. He fully extended me and landed the knee. Yeah, absolutely. I still support the rule. Like I said, it ended the fight. I wasn't stalling one bit. I was trying to get up and fight, and I got blasted with a knee. My very first fight in one championship, I did it to Yaya Wakazasarame and ended up getting the finish. The rule is meant to be there to keep the fight progressing and end the fight. If Adriano wasn't able to land that knee, yes, I would have still been in that fight, so he would have had to do something totally different. I'm totally content with what happened. I'm not like, that rule should be taken out. That's what the rule is. Adriano used it to his advantage, and I was on the other end of the stick. And, yeah, I think that's the only approach you can have because you signed with that promotion you understood what the rule set was going in right so it sucks when you're on the other end of it but that's what you signed up for that's what you signed up for it does like listen 
if you're in the middle, yes, I look, I see what he's saying about it, you know it can stop the fight. Though there were a couple of hammer fists, so it wasn't just done. But the, the I think it get becomes problematic in places like you're up against the cage. You know what I mean? So your head is then smashing into the cage, right? Or the ring post or something. Yeah, it's different when you're in the middle of, and also the ref needs to then stop the fight straight away. You know, it it's not always going to stop a fight, right? But it is a force, and especially when bringing the head towards the knee. So I don't really like it. I'm not a fan, but you know, it is what it is, right? It's the promotion's prerogative to have that rule. So, hey, you either sign with a promotion that has it or sign with one that doesn't. That's the fighter's prerogative. So, you know, it's like I have no issue with it being there. If, you know, because some people want that shit. So but that's a place they can go for that shit. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I wouldn't say let's make it legal across the board. Nah, I wouldn't say that at all. But it does make, especially what else happened on the night, interesting, you know? So, also on the one card, right? Um, Eddie Alvarez had a fight. You know, Eddie Alvarez fought Yuri Lapikus. And um, Eddie Alvarez was disqualified. Right, he was disqualified for throwing illegal punches to the back of the head, which it's messy, man. It's a messy situation because when you look at it, you mean it's like, eh? really, is that what you're doing? Because listen. When uh, I think if you punch the ear, the ear area isn't classified as a back of the head. And a lot of the punches were around the ear area. Now, there were a couple that hit the kind of the backish of the head, but that's when Lapicus kind of turned his head. You know what I mean? And the referee. Is meant to stop. Right? When you see that shit in the UFC. The referee will stand them up. The referee will get in between and be like. No, 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 no. Eagle shots. We're standing this up. Do you read? Or, or, or stop and uh, like go. Are you okay? Do you want to take some time? Um, take them apart. Speak to one fighter. Maybe take a point. But that's what happens. Referee in one does not do that. Right, so you're just like, wait, firstly, what the fuck is the ref doing? But the shots weren't really egregious. It is a weird fucking thing. Right, so Alvarez, you know, he, uh, yeah, he says, like, Yuri was turning his head the other way, and the referee warned me. He said to me, back of the head, Eddie. 
You know, so you see me take my head and I start shoving his head towards my punch. You'll see it in the tape. When the ref warns me, I take my own head and I push Yuri's to the side of the punch. It was coming in on. On top of that, I felt like as long as I'm hitting the ear at some point that it's legal. Right? The refs here, whatever call he makes, that's the call. I apologize. I hope Yuri is totally fine because this game is so dangerous. All I care about is that everybody hitting here sincerely is safe and go home to their family when they're done. I'm praying for Yuri right now. They and let's talk about it, right? They weren't concussive punches. They weren't concussive punches. Now, it'd be a different thing if you're dropping elbows, right? Elbows would have been a bitch, but they weren't elbows. Weren't elbows. So it's fucking weird, man. It's so weird for, yeah, this to happen. And listen, right? He said he was warned once. There should have at least been another warning, right? You know what I mean? Be like, uh, now, Eddie, that punch, that punch is still a little bit towards the back, or something. Or stand them up, ref. That's what you fucking do. It is so weird. Right? It is so fucking weird. And especially when, you know what I mean? The promotion allows for knees, <laughs> you know, the person allows for soccer kicks to the head and knees to a grounded opponent, that is the, the odd ass thing about all of this, right, if you were doing that, then how the fuck are you disqualifying Eddie Alvarez, you read like, how are you doing that, it's insane, it's insane, right, so, um, Alvarez did say, right, put out a statement, he said, I went back to my room, and I was able to watch the clip of the fight, and see everything, it was a bad call on the ref side, you know what I mean, the American media is in uproar right now, and so are the American fans. I'm hoping to respectfully ask them to look back at the video and reverse that call. You know, all that matters is Yuri's safe. That's that's it right now. That he's going to be okay. When I go back, I'm in the cage, so emotions run high. The ref, people make bad decisions when emotions run high. I think it was a bad call. I have mixed emotions right now. Hearing so, um, yeah, you know, it, it's a yeah, it's an odd one, it's an odd one. Now, I don't know what happened with Lapricus, right? But now it said that he's had a cat scan, and you know. The one CEO, Chatri Sitadong, said he's in a stable condition. I'm like, oh, like, huh? What the fuck happened? I don't know. Now, interestingly enough, though, uh, Sitadong did also um, ha- comment on what took place, uh, you know, during the fight, you know? So he said, Eddie 
the problem is that there were four or five illegal blows. We reviewed it three times. Eddie didn't have visibility because I know Eddie definitely didn't mean to do it. Hmm. So, what I'm thinking is like, a CEO shouldn't be the one making that call. It should be the commission, right? But I don't know if they have a commission, which does make it all a little fucking squirrely. You know what I mean? Does make it all a little squirrely. And also, listen, I ain't gonna lie. One is a bit screwy. Right, one definitely is a bit fucking screwy with a lot of the shit that goes down. Right, because you do get the impression that they do like to see the American athletes lose. Do and understand this, right? I'm not American, so I don't give a fuck. You know I mean, I don't give a fuck. But when you hear some of the stories, like you know, I think Uriah talked about Uriah Faber talked about how um. Shit, what's that motherfucker called? Looks like that Street Fighter character. You know, he's like, hey, Mr. White, I'm super fine. You know what I mean? They found him off looking for a fight. But when he moved over to one, and when they put him up against a motherfucker they did in his debut, and he got his jaw broken, it was like, why the fuck is he fighting this dude? You know, the experience levels were insane. It was an insane fight, and Faber was like, yeah, they kind of forced us in that position. They lied a lot about some of the things that went down, and we're in a weird position, so we just, in the end, we just, all right, fine, we took the fight. But you do hear about that, so, now, listen, I'm not saying, you know I mean, that they are telling the referees to, you know I mean, do certain things and something like that, but... I'm saying that they do like to stack the cards, it would seem. It would seem. And I kind of get it, right? They want, you know, it's an Asian promotion. So they want the Asian talent to soar to the top. You want the Asian talent to be like, hey, we're just as good as everyone else. And there is no doubt that the Asian talent is fire, I mean, we've known it for years. There have been some awesome fighters coming out of that part of the world. Like, come on, man. Right? Go me. You know what I mean? I mean, there's more. But my memory is a motherfucker right now, people. So, uh, it's been a long fucking day. It's been a long fucking day, people. So, you know. But, yes. There's a lot of good fighters from that region. I mean, the Lees are killing it, Right? I say Lees because they're Lees are the champions. I'm not just using a generic name, so go fuck yourselves. But anyway, but yes, uh, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. I think it's a weird call. I think it's a bullshit call. If anything, just make it a no contest and run the fight back. But that, it's a fuck cruise. And as I said, with an organisation that allows for knees to the head when a fighter's grounded, soccer kicks to the head, how the fuck are you disqualifying someone for that? 
How are you disqualifying for that? It makes no sense. It really doesn't, man. So, people, remember after um, the second fight, right, on Fight Island, Connor Poirier, and, um, you know, Poirier got the win, right, Poirier came up big, and after the fight, well, remember going into the fight, right, Connor wasn't talking shit, you know, it was a kind of a follow-on from um, the cowboy fight, there was a nice Connor. And uh, like some people are like, ah, it's weird, right? But I like it. But you wondered, does the shit talking, is that part of the prep, right? Was that part of what got Connor to the I'm ready to destroy phase when he stepped in there? So after the fight went down, Connor lost. He said... No more Mr. Nice Guy. Remember he put that message out on socials, people? Well, it seems he is correct. No more Mr. Nice Guy. So, um, when Connor was talking about the 8th year anniversary of his UFC debut, it's funny, man, watching that fight, because there was no tattoos back then. You mean no tattoos, so you get a cleaner looking Connor, right? But oh man, he looks sensational, right? So he was talking about that, and um, he put out a post, said double skills work. I also didn't take rest. I also didn't take rest days unless I absolutely had to. Not one, not even a Sunday. I will take this approach again for my comeback fight. I didn't become UFC champ champ with this method, but I did become UFC 145 pound champ. Also the cage warrior champ champ. And uh, Poirier responded, I never slack. I'll meet you in the middle of the octagon July 10th. And obviously Connor responded, good to hear Dustin, I hope so, as last time you backed up and you shot inside the first 30 seconds, I'll be in the middle from the very go, if you want it, you know that, I'll be ready for the tactics this time too though, see you in there, <laughs> which, uh, you know, is a thing, right, it's interesting. It's interesting, man, we're like, because we're in April, and you know, the talk has already started, so it's just like, okay, alright, we got three more months of this shit, people, three more goddamn months, woo, <laughs> now, you do have to wonder, right, because that was the big thing, Connor controlling his camps, Connor telling the team, I'll be coming in to train today. I'm going to train like this today. And people wondered if this was really the right approach. This was really the right approach because, you know, it's possibly part of the reason he lost to Khabib. You know, supposedly he was injured going to that fight as well. But we just saw him out partying, out doing stuff, proper 12 and other bits and bobs. So you wondered about the focus when it comes to training. 
So you think, because he's hollow rich right now, man. So motherfucking rich, you feel me? And once you've got that money, things change. Things change. I mean, look at some of your favorite rappers. When they first came out the gate, the hunger, right? The hunger in the flows. Oh, God damn it, right? But when that first album, say the first album goes platinum, right? So now they're making some money. They're not millionaires, but they're making money, right? You know, touring, all of that jazz. And the second album can come out and it's just, sometimes it's whack, Sometimes it just didn't have the same fire, didn't have the same vibe to it. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, what happened? And it's like, because they got money. They got money now. You know, and they're talking about the things like on the first album, how, oh yeah, and I didn't have money for this and blah 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 for this and blah. and you're like, yo, you've got money. What are you talking about? This shit makes no sense. Right, but it changes. Now, some people, you know, they course correct. You know what I mean? So they don't make those mistakes. And the second album is off the chain. Look at cats like Jay-Z, DMX. You know what I mean? Those second albums killed it. Killed it. So you have to wonder, does Connor need to get back to the approach that got him to the table? And you feel yes. You know what I mean? It, someone else needs to control the camp. You know what I mean? Someone else needs to control the camp, man. Right? And go, Connor, we're doing this today. You need to come in at this time. You're not going to lit. No, you're not leaving yet. It's another round. Get in there. Plunge bath. Right, we're going to do, we're going to go run. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. You know what I mean? Kavanaugh. Like, John Kavanaugh is in excellent coach, and, you know, he got Connor to where Connor is, there's no denying that, so Connor needs to let Kavanaugh to have that control back, and I think with that approach, we will see a hungry Connor again, now, will a hungry Connor beat Dustin Poirier, we will see on the 10th of July, but he definitely will have a better chance of beating Dustin Poirier than a more laxed, relaxed Connor. So, um, interesting times, people. Interesting times. Now, this is all a little bananas, right? But the UFC, you know, they've got a new um, apparel, you know, fight gear deal, Reebok is gone, and in step, Venom, Venom, right, company that has been around for years, and yeah, they're now making the UFC fight kit, you know, it got it brought in the play last week, looks alright, looks alright, you know what I mean, but here's the thing, here's the crazy thing, the I had no clue about, supposedly, right, so um, back in the day when Venom first started, Frank Duprios and Andre Vera, they owned it, 
they owned Venom, but an issue came up and the companies got split. Kind of not really split, because Dupas, he controls the global business, right? So he's got um, Venom everywhere around the world, apart from Brazil. Mm-hmm. So Vieira supposedly controls Venom Brazil. So, when the UFC fight in Brazil, supposedly, they can't wear the, the fight kits. Which, um, <clears throat> is an odd situation, right? It's an odd situation. Now, UFC haven't really said too much about, about it all. They did say they weren't aware the company had been split. And I don't think anyone really was. I was, I tell you, I was not aware of this shit, right? But the crazy thing is, you know what I mean? Vier, well, Vieira says this, right? UFC's partnership with Venom doesn't allow the promotion to sell merchandise or have athletes wear the new fighter kit during events in Brazil, right? Um, he has no intention of escalating the matter just yet, but could do so if the, pro the promotion refuses to respond. Okay. Says, so he says he's reached out to them. But here's the thing. I don't know, right? I don't know what Vieira is looking to do. <laughs> because... It's like, oh, I'm, he says, I'm open to negotiations, you know, I'm, I'm here to add and be part of the business, and, and it's like, alright, but they're not paying you, you mean, that's not part of an April deal, right, the UFC aren't going to pay you, the whole point of it is it gives you exposure. It gets allows you to make more money from selling the kits. So yes, you would pay. You know what I mean? The company pays the UFC a amount of money to be able to do the kits and all of that. But it then allows, you know, Venom to put out merchandise, you know, to sell t-shirts and you know all of that kind of jazz as well as you know other shit water bottles you know all of that jazz but plus fighter kits right they're making money off of that all of that stuff you know yes the UFC will get a percentage of but Venom do as well so that's how they make their money and they will make back the money they pay the UFC you know because Boom. Everyone loves UFC. For some weird reason, people like to walk around in people, other people's fight gear. It, it always amuses me. I'm like, how are you walking around in, um, say, a Kevin Holland you know, fight kit when you ain't Kevin Holland? It's an odd one. I feel it's odd, right? Having another person's name on your back or chest or whatnot. It's a weird one, but that's how it works. So, I don't know. I have the feeling Vieira feels 
the UFC are going to pay him a big chunk of money. Right? Which, yeah, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Right? Yuri, if this was the case, I would just get... If he's like, oh, you pay me this money and you can wear the kit in Brazil. I'd be like, I'd say, Venom, you didn't tell us about this crazy shit. So, this is what you're going to do. You're going to make up some kits with no logo on it. And our people are going to fight in Brazil wearing that. That's what I would do. Because I ain't paying no money to some idiot. Behind, it makes no sense. So, yeah, I kind of feel Venom Brazil. This ain't a cash grab for you. You need to come with some money to be like, okay, this is what, this is how I'm 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 looking to approach this shit. Because that's what you need to do, right? Make an offer, son. Make an offer. That's how this works. Doesn't work any other way. You know what I mean? Doesn't work any other way. Okay, people. So, the UFC on ABC2. Wayans have gone down. And, um, yeah, some interesting things have happened. Because remember, this card. It's a great card, people. It's a great fucking card. But it features... A couple of late replacement bouts, right? A couple of late replacement bouts. So you're thinking, what's gonna happen? You know what I mean, is, is everything on board? Is everything gonna go down, right? And um, hey, main event is a lock. It's a lock, people. And um, you know, interestingly enough, right? Vittori, he uh, he comes in at a hundred and eighty six pounds, right? And Holland once again, which I mean, it's not too much of a shock, not too much of a shock, because it was only, I believe, like what twenty days. I think it's um, yeah, I think it's like twenty days. 21 days, right, since his last fight, so um, he comes in at 183 and a half pounds, which definitely, I feel, was one of the issues against Brunson, now, not to, definitely not taking anything away from Derek Brunson, Derek Brunson did his thing, did his thing, but... <sighs> I mean, Holland is definitely a small middleweight. Definitely a light, small middleweight. So, you know, you're weighing 183 pounds here, right? What are you walking in the cage at? You know what I mean? Probably roughly that. Because he is, you know, a pound and a half under the limit. And, um, you know, Vittori came in at 186. He's going to weigh more than that on Saturday, you know? So, I yeah, I mean, I think that's an issue, but it's interesting, right? It's definitely an interesting one. Um, So, yes, that main event still happens. And with that fact, right, 21 days since his last fight, he actually 
ties with um, Davison Figueredo on the quickest turnaround with a main event. You know, Figueredo, he fought Alex Perez. You know what I mean? Dealt with Perez and then turned it around and had the instant classic with Brandon Moreno at UFC 256. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and Holland, he's done the same. Brunson main event, Vittori main event. So, yeah, a little interesting fact for you people. Now, the other short notice fight was um, Aaron Blanchfield, you know, former Invicta fighter who was on a straight blaze. You know I mean, if you watch Invicta, you know I mean, watching Blanchfield, you knew she was going to be getting a call at some point real soon. You know what I mean? Um, so she got called when Bay Malaki had to pull out of a fight with Norma Dumont. Right? Um, yeah, on nine days' notice. Nine days' notice, and also at a different weight class. Because Blanchfield usually fights at flyweight. But, yo, this fight was at bantamweight. But she came in, she hit the mark, she was 135 pounds. All good. Unfortunately, though, which is the crazy thing, because Blanchfield is the, uh, you know, the replacement, the late replacement. But it's Dumont who missed weight, right? Dumont came in at 139 and a half pounds. Yeah, three and a half pounds over the limit. You know, even remember the limit, you could be 136. But yeah, Demont, 139 and a half. That is not good, people. That is not motherfucking good. You know what I mean? So, um, yes, there is that. There is that. Now, um, unfortunately, the uh, commission is not letting this fight go ahead. The fight is off. Now, Blanchfield, she was down to do it. And you can imagine she was down to do it, right? But, uh, yeah, the commission has stopped it. And, um, you know, Dumont gave uh, the reason um, why, right? She said, the Nevada commission didn't authorize me to fight because it's the second time in a row I've missed weight. But. You know, I, firstly, I like that. I like the fact the commission is doing that because, I mean, if you've constantly, if you're constantly missing, there, there's either an issue with you health-wise, right? Your body isn't working properly. It's shutting off at a certain point, or you're just, you mean, trying to pull one, right? Because look, we've heard it before. Giving up 20% of your purse sometimes isn't so much of a big thing if you've got the right sponsorships. You know, because that's going to circumvent that money that was lost, right? So some people may just do that. You know, may just miss weight, come in big, have the advantage, get the win, get your win bonus, boom. You know, get a better fight for the next one. Yeah, some people might do that. So I like the fact that the commission is like, no, 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 no. 
we're addressing this shit. Alright? And it and also I feel it because it's not just half a pound. It's three and a half fucking pounds. And yeah, she came in heavy against Ashley Evan Smith. So it's not good. But this is the part I think is very interesting. Right? She says the UFC will be sending her to the Performance Institute, running some tests to um see what might be the issue. I like that. I like that, right? Because it's like you could easily just be like, yo, you go work it out. We're going to book you again. If you miss, you're done. All right? So go figure it out. But you see, like, no, come to the Institute. We'll run some tests. And remember, she won't have to pay for any of that shit. She ain't going to have to pay. Right? So I like the fact that that's happening. That's looking after your fighters and trying to make sure that, you know, the body is working right. Now, even if they hadn't have said that, she always had that option to just go and do. But, you know, they took the initiative and they're doing it. So I like that. I like that. Now, one other person missed weight. Right? So um, it was Ignacio Bahamanes, who is fighting John Medeski. Now, Medeski... It's a lightweight bout. Medeski, he came in at 153.5, right? So he was well on. And um, Bahamadiaz, you know, he initially, initially came in at 157, right? So they're like, that's not good. But he's like, all right, let me, let me go again. Because they say, do you want to go again? He's like, I'll go again. So they brought the curtain in, he stripped down, and that time he weighed 156.75. Because, come on, man, are you, are all your clothes really going to be a pound? Yeah, I mean, you've got to work it out, right? If you're just wearing shorts or underwear, that's not going to be a pound. So, um, yeah, he... 75.75 pounds over the limit. Interestingly enough, though, he I don't believe he went away, you know, for the hour to try and cut. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about that aspect of it. But, um, yeah, so the fight, that fight will be happening because it's only, you know, 0.75 over. But it does mean Bahamadiyaz, um, he misses, he uh, loses some of his pay. You know what I mean? Got to give some of that up um, to Medeski. I don't really think that that difference will make too much of a difference within the fight. You know, so it's not as egregious as Dumont. You know what I mean? But he still missed weight. Still not good. Need to get a handle on that, Ignatius. But uh, at least the fight is still going on. Now, in other fights, no, you know, I think I missed it, but Sam Alvey against Julian Marquez, it means Sam Alvey is dropping down to middleweight, right? Because he's been fighting at light heavyweight. Uh, now, Alvey, he did his thing. He came in at 186, and he looks good. Alvey looks good. Uh, Marquez hit 186 as well. Now, I do wonder, right? Because 
you know, Alvi, he fought at middleweight. He's fought at middleweight before. So why move down? You know, because you've been doing your thing at light heavy, but you know, it hasn't necessarily all gone his way, but he has been in those fights. Now, I do wonder, because we have heard it, right? Some people have said that, I mean, Cowboy said it, right? He moved to welterweight and he did okay at welterweight, but it's like, okay, when you're fighting at a certain weight class, you don't have to cut, which is all good, but it means that maybe you don't work as hard. You're not as focused. Where When you're cutting, you're working hard. You're super, you're super dialed in. And I'm wondering if that's what LV has done. You know what I mean? He, he's realized he could fight at light heavy. And as I said, look, he did get some wins. But he thinks that maybe at middleweight he was more focused. So I wonder if that's the case. But anyway, he's made the weight. So um, Nina Ansarov, who is officially now Nunes, she's, um, you know, just gave birth, right? First fight back. She's all good, though. 116 pounds. So, yes, hats off to Nina and Dern, Mackenzie Dern, 115. You know, so that is a The co-main event is also a lock. Sadiq Youssef, he's 146. And Arnold Allen is 145 and a half. So that is all good. I think what is very interesting is the heavyweight fight on the card, right? So, Jorgen de Castro, he's coming in at 261 and a half pounds. And Jaziz... Dano is 255 and a half. Now, what we have seen in the past from Castro is he kind of stops. You know, I don't know if it's a stamina thing, a focus thing. I don't know. But he sometimes just seems to turn off come the second round. So if it is a stamina thing, 261 and a half... It possibly might happen again at the weekend, right? So um, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see how he copes if it, the fight goes longer than that first round. You know, because we, I think this will give us an answer on if it is a stamina and a weight issue, right? So yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, apart from that, everyone else has made weight, people. So. We just lose one fight. We lose one fight. So, um, I mean, it's definitely a shame. But the fight card will continue. Fight card will continue. And I cannot wait, people. It's an early one. Right? It's an early one. So, um, remember, set those clocks, people. <laughs> set those clocks. Because we have 13... Outstanding fights to look forward to Saturday. All right. Okay, people. So we've reached that point. We come to the end of another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's going down. 
Alright, so Valerie Ledreda will be fighting Hannah Guy at Bellator 258 and this takes place on the 7th of May. The next event, Bellator 259 on the 21st of May features a fight between Grant Neal and Tyree Fortune. Grant Neal does look a bit like Jeff Neal, so I'm wondering if they're related. They might be. Who knows? Anyway, people, UFC side of things, Parker Porter, we reported he was out of his fight um, with Chase Sherman, right, on the 17th of April. Now, this, yo, I like this. Andre Arlovsky, the pit bull. Uh, is stepping in Yo Gotta love that when a vet You know what I mean Does that kind of shit people So yeah nice stuff Now on the 1st of May Because again TJ Lamy You know we knew he was out of his fight With Damon Jackson But Luke Saunders Is stepping in So nice one Luke Interesting enough, right? So, um, Roxanne Modafferi, unfortunately, has a meniscus tear and she's going to need surgery. So, her fight with Talila Santos on May the 8th is off. Now, what I'm wondering, right? Because that that's a flyweight fight, right? Erin, um, you know what I mean? She was meant to be fighting, right, this week, tomorrow, but that fight is off. Now, Erin, she's a, um, she's a lightweight, she's a flyweight even, a flyweight, right? Blanchfield is a flyweight. So, right, this, her fight with, um, oi, what's her name? Um, god damn it. I can't think of fucking names, people. But her fight with uh, Dumont. Dumont is off, right? So, why don't we move her Blancheville to the 8? She gets to get a little camping and fight at her actual weight, right? I feel that would be the thing to do. We will see, though. We will see. Also, though, on the 8th, Mike Trezano will be fighting Ludovic Klein. I like that fight. Oh, I do like this one, people. On the 10th of July, Tai Tuavasa is going to be fighting Greg Hardy. Oh, I smell knockout, people. I smell knockout. So on the 20 No sorry on the 17th of July Khalid Taha Will be fighting Sergei Morov So um, yeah people that Is it Um, Probably off to watch Some Bellator In a Short minute And then it's early UFC on ABC 2 tomorrow, people. So looking forward to that. And on Monday, 
we will be talking about them all. Alright, so until then people, enjoy your weekend of fights and we'll see you on Monday. Alright? Peace.